Hi, everybody. Dion Major here, CEO of Inside Sales by Design, as well as salesclass.ai. And thank you for joining our podcast, Universal Sales Truths. We started this podcast to share stories and journeys of universal sales truths, meaning what was true to forge a relationship with clients in the past uh, it was true in the past and will be true today and will be true tomorrow. And so it's we're bringing guests to you uh, and speakers that have amazing backgrounds and experience to share pieces and parts of their journey and their stories. And we know that you will be inspired and you will learn something and hopefully get some folks to connect with as well and and. Um, broaden your circle and your network because that's what this life and world is all about are the human connections we make at the end of the day. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And we hope to hear from you soon. And I know that you're going to leave inspired. Yeah. Uh, all right, everybody. Good morning. And thank you for joining us today. I'm Dion Major, uh, the um, host of Universal Sales Truth Podcast. And we are super fortunate today to be joined by Lori Pakin. She's with the company called Navistone and has an amazing storied career. And as you all know, uh, we this podcast is dedicated to talking about the tried and true best practices that are universal sales truths and hearing from people their amazing journey along the way and some of their pivotal aha moments that have they've gone through and have brought them to their successful point in their journey. So Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. Beyond thrilled that you are joining us and with us today and look forward to hearing your story and your journey. Thanks so much. I'll, I'll do my best to share what I can. You're going to be amazing. So in the short time that you and I have known each other and spoken, just hearing how you talk and how you present yourself and talk through things is, is, is very, very eloquent, very well thought out and, and very deliberate and very um, inviting in, which is nice. So yeah, it's, it's really good. So tell us a little bit about your career and your history and kind of where you are today. Okay. Um, so today I work for a company called Navistone. Uh, we are a five-year-old startup um, and we support retargeting through direct mail. And I share that first because um, my entire career has really been around this concept um, with startup companies. Um, so I started in 1989 is when I first started in direct marketing and um, really providing advertisers with audiences that they could market to. And over the years, the different jobs that I've had have really stayed in that same vein, providing audiences whether they were you know, for direct mail, whether they were digital, um, and then where we are today, where I am today, really combining those two things together. But it's always been about creating and providing the best audience for um, advertisers. 
Wow, that's amazing. And I know when we first started talking and, and hearing about how Navistone's technology work and how it works, I should say, it's it's one of those amazing pieces. And if anybody is in the market for something like that, I highly encourage you to go to Lori and talk with her about that. Because um, it's it's getting in front of the right people, the right eyeballs, the right mindset is that's goal. I mean, that's what we all strive for in our careers, right? So it's yeah. it's an amazing message. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't mean to plug Navistone, but really just <laughs> talking about the industry in general, yes. you know, um, having been in this space for so long, I can remember a time where digital advertising didn't yeah. exist. And then I remember when it came to be, and we were trying to figure out that right combination between direct mail and digital. Mm. And, you know, it's it's just amazing how, you know, direct mail has kind of come full circle as yes. being a, a channel that's so receptive <laughs> for consumers. Everything that's old is new again, right? We 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 as humans like the shiny thing, right? Even if there's a there's a crossing the chasm moment of things that are new versus not new. Um, but it's, it's really interesting, the cyclical nature of things. So I Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as we have some of these new things, it's like, oh, well, what about what we used to do? That still kind of works, which is really interesting. That's right. I love how you say everything old is new again. Yeah. Right. I mean, like we, we talked about earlier, folks, Lori and I were talking earlier and she said, shoulder pads are making a comeback. And I was like, <laughs> no, there are some pieces from decades of fashion that should never come back. I so. refuse to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. And so share with us, I know there's, there's many, right. But the beauty of this podcast is thinking about it from um, and just kind of this conversation is, you know, at, at this point in time, given where you're at, you know, think about maybe two or three aha pivotal moments for yourself in your career. Because again, I think sometimes we, we think about um, life and, and our journey and it, we, we want desperately for things to be linear, but they're not. And, and pivotal doesn't have to be bad. Pivotal could be these amazing aha moments where we went, wow, okay, I get it now. So, and it, and it propels us forward and, and gives us kind of that boost. So thoughts on some of your top two or three aha pivotal moments in your career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the first one is um, I sum it up by saying, stay the course. Mm. And that's not for everybody, but it is for me. Mm -hmm. I have been with several companies for 10 plus years. Um, and as I mentioned, they've been startups. And so there was an opportunity many times to kind of deviate in my path um, within those organizations as they were growing. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean, when I started, I could have went the sales path. I could have went marketing path. I could have be, stayed an individual contributor working on enterprise accounts. I could have moved into sales leadership. As the companies I worked for grew, we expanded the different verticals that we supported. Mm -hmm. um, we expanded our product set. And all along the way, I always stayed the course. My expertise was in sales. 
my vertical, my industry expertise was in retail. And so regardless of what was happening within the company, the growth that was happening, I always stayed within sales and within retail and just kept accelerating, you know, advancing my career in that way. And it's not to say that there weren't other paths to take that could have been equally as motivating. But for me, I just found staying the course, really digging deep into this area of expertise that I had enabled me to come become even more of an expert, more of a, a help to my clients in that way. So staying the course um, was one kind of aha for me. And it was hard because just like you were saying earlier about the shiny new object, you know, as companies grow, new divisions get launched and being in a company for, you know, many times, typically you get the opportunity to take on some of those new responsibilities. And it was a very conscious decision for me to stay the course, but Mm -hmm. I saw others come in and, you know, benefit Mm -hmm. from the excitement of something new and growing really rapidly. And so there's, there's pros and cons to it. But for me, I just felt like furthering, deepening my expertise in a certain area enabled me to be that much more valuable to others. So stay the course is absolutely one of those kind of ahas that I've had over the years. Yeah. That's a really, really great comment, Lori. And I think it speaks to self-awareness too and the ability like you were saying because what I heard you say was the ability to kind of go deep and 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 really know a certain facet of of yourself and your skill set and your strengths and what you're going to bring to the table and it doesn't mean we don't add to that and maybe sharpen and hone some of those things but we're not going to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater, if you will into an area go ahead yeah absolutely and I think you know just just what I had shared earlier about starting my career in direct mail within direct marketing. And then as the digital industry kind of came upon us, I did not abandon my roots there, but instead I added to that digital capabilities. And so my, my skill set, if you will, has now evolved into a combination of those two, never abandoning where my roots were, but now expanding upon that. Absolutely. I think that's, it's a brilliant and a really great way to say it. And just being able to use and leverage all of our experience and round it out and kind of having an eye for that future that says, yeah, I'm doing this right now, but here's how I can kind of grow this, this circle of knowledge because it all falls under this one umbrella and under this one umbrella, there's different areas of expertise. And so what do I kind of need to, to learn to, to truly become this well-rounded expert in this area? Yeah, exactly which is really amazing. And I I think stay the course is such a great, um, I think it's a great tagline for that too, for sure. What else? Any other moments? Yeah. um, The other one, again, I've, I've alluded to this, but is for me again, really about working in a startup company. Um, You know, I, my first job out of school was in a more established organization and it was absolutely fine for my first job. Um, But my second job was a startup. There were 20 people that worked there when I started. And in that, in the time that I was there, we were able to take the company public 
we were acquired. Uh, we took the company private again. And at the time that I left the company, just the division that I was in um, had grown from 20 people to about 550 people. And the next job that I had was a very similar story to that. I was the 20th employee again and um, stayed with that company for about 12 years until we were acquired by Oracle. And what was interesting in, in both those cases, at the time, you know, when we were acquired by a, a bigger entity, um, I got the sense that it wasn't quite the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And the job I had prior to Navistone was in a big organization, 5,000 employees. And I knew right away it was not the right fit for me. And now back at Navistone, you know, we have about 25 employees right now. But the thing that I love so much about working in a startup is that it it typically is innovative, right? We're bringing something new to the market that hasn't been there before. So to be able to share something out with the industry, with our our customers, something new and disruptive um, to the industry and to their business is really exciting place to be. But from a contribution standpoint, every sale that you make makes a big difference. So it it matters what you do every day. It matters what everybody in the organization does every day. And I think having that kind of purpose when you go to work every day um, has proven for me to be a, a really valuable thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a really good message too, Lauren, a really great way to articulate kind of a, a, an additional and further into know yourself. What are you good at? What type of environment do you thrive in? Um, and I think it was the Malcolm Gladwell book outliers where he, I think that was the one I may be mistaken. It was one of his books where he talked about, um, and I, and I don't mean this, these are kind of his words. If I'm, if I'm remembering correctly was, do you want to be a big fish in a small pond or, um, the reverse of that? Right. And so (laughs) some, some folks are like, oh, I need to go to Harvard. And, and again, this is, I'm paraphrasing the example he had given in this book. And it's one of those things where it's like, but if you're in small, you know, small town and so on and so forth, and you're used to kind of being in those type of that environment where you thrive and you do well and you can contribute and all that good stuff. And then you go to this major uh, environment, it can, it can not be a good fit at the end of the day, as as I think the, the sum of that. And so I think to your point, that aha moment of sometimes as individuals, we may think we want this. However, I I really think you're articulating so well the whole, hey, what works well for me? Where can I give back? Where can I contribute? What fills my tank? Those are a lot of things that really come into play for us from a career standpoint, because we spend so much time and effort and energy. And as adults, a lot of our relationships come from work. So I think being able to really lean into that and pour into that and figure out, okay, what is the environment in which I thrive and how can I give back to the yeah. most of my abilities is really, really powerful. To your, to your point about being a big fish in a small pond or the reverse of that, I was at a high school graduation last week and one of the valedictorians gave a great speech, uh, but there was something that really stuck with me in that speech. 
Um, and he was talking about all of the schools that he had applied to and the big schools that he had really aspired to go to. And he was waiting and waiting and waiting for that acceptance. And, you know, he had gotten offers and scholarships in other places from a sports perspective, but he was waiting and waiting and waiting for it you know, that Harvard type to accept him. And in doing so, he ended up losing one of the opportunities that he had. Mm. And his, his advice to the graduating class was something about, you know, go where you're supported. That's where you'll thrive. He was waiting to get into Harvard, which, you know, didn't want him where there were all of these other opportunities places that he could be that wanted him that would support him and where he would thrive and so I just thought that was a really insightful takeaway from a high school graduate to you know share out go where you will be supported that is beautiful and I couldn't agree more and so um, I was having a conversation earlier and I I agree with you from from a career perspective go where you're wanted (laughs) right where more people see you as that human and, you know, see your skill set and all that good stuff too. And then I think too, from the sales side is man alive, if people don't want what you have right now, let's not try to do the deal at the expense of just bad business at the end of the day. That's not a good relationship either. And, and coming together and doing business together is a relationship driven function, so I think, man, Lori, that's a good, I like go where you're supported. I yeah. 100% agree with you on that. Yeah. And um, I, I do have one other aha that I wanted to share with you. Um, I almost didn't even realize this was happening as it was happening, but I think it's really important to not only understand where your strengths are, but understand where your strengths are not. And surround yourself with the people who complement what you do and, and, and add to that. And I have been so fortunate in my career to have been able to surround myself with people who have different skill sets that I have. Um, So, you know, for example, right now I oversee our marketing team, our business development team, and our account management team. And the person that is managing our account managers is better at it than I could ever be. And the person who is in charge of our business development is better at it than I could ever be. And the person in charge of marketing better at it than I can ever be. Now, the the lucky thing is that Um, my team has stayed with me um, in some cases, two, three, and four different jobs. And so, so to, to find those people that, you know, really compliment you have skills, strengths that you don't necessarily have and kind of stick together when you can um, has, has just really been a very, very fortunate part of my career. That's a really you have your own tribe. <laughs> every time we every time we're back together, we always make the joke, the band's back together. But you know, the band's back together and uh, you know, couldn't be luckier. Yeah. And if you've got that winning formula, I mean, man, there's nothing like it at the end of the day. So because I agree with you, we can't and we shouldn't be really good at everything. There's just no way. 
um, a spork is not a natural thing. And so um, I, I agree with you. I think we all have individual skill sets that when we come together and use them as a team and use them together, really great things can happen as evidenced by your career. So that's pretty, it's a good, a really good piece of advice too. So if you had to think about one universal sales truth, right? What is true yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow? And just, just one, and just for today, kind of what's top of mind for you, what would that be? And how do you kind of live it out and coach your team with it? Um, for me, the universal truth is believing in what you are selling or, you know, the, in my instance, but, you know, believing in what you are doing. Mm -hmm. um, when I think about that from a sales perspective, I can think about times where I've heard salespeople make a presentation and almost be grateful that somebody said yes oh. or felt, you know, <laughs> phew, lucky that someone said yes. And it's very different feeling if you are really passionate about your product or service, if you truly believe in what you're offering, there's a different level of confidence that comes when you're talking about it because you are not doing me a favor by buying my product. We are doing you a service by getting this product installed. And, you know, to really believe that when you're going in and talking and presenting somebody with your solution is so important. And, um, you know, again, to something you said earlier, not our solution doesn't fit for everyone. Every solution doesn't fit for everyone. So, you know, caring enough to go in and understand what pain points somebody is experiencing so that you can passionately, you know, full-heartedly share what you're doing as the right solution for them. So it's that passion. It's that belief in what you're bringing to the table. Mm, I couldn't agree more. I, I agree with you. Uh, confidence, conviction will move mountains where, where the pleading definitely won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I love that. I love that. Lori, if folks wanted to go ahead and get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, best way is to reach me via email at lpakin at navastone.com. Nice. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us and everybody. I know you've gotten some great nuggets out of this conversation with Lori. She's amazing. I would shoot her an email. I encourage everybody who listens here or, or just in general, make sure you're engaging and building relationships with some peers. And Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dion. I'll talk with you soon. You bet, everybody. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Universal Sales Truth Podcast. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so you're notified of updates. You can also find this content on the Inside Sales by Design YouTube channel. Uh, so make sure you take a look at that. It'll also be in the salesclass.ai platform for you and your teams. And please make sure to reach out and connect with myself and the speaker you heard today individually. We look forward to seeing you again soon and contact us if there's anything you specifically want to hear or know about. Thank you so much and enjoy your day.